Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio, the only show in North America dedicated to the equipment used to feed, clothe, and fuel the world. That is you, the farmers and ranchers of North America, of the United States and Canada. And I just want to thank you for being here with me. And I am, if you never tuned in before, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road in Hackettstown, New Jersey. Yes, a New Jersey farmer. Who would have thought, right? And as you know, we get together here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with a re-air Sunday at 6 p.m. And that is exclusively heard on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147, when the following week each episode airs as a podcast on farmmachinerydigest.com or most, if not all, major podcast hosting sites. And you may say, what do I need to listen to this guy with the funny accent, right? Well, this is the show, believe it or not, where America's farmers and ranchers go to learn about their equipment because agriculture runs on machinery, right? It's not like the old days, thank God, where we had a uh, a horse and uh, a mule and a plow. But, you know, being over here in the Northeast and uh, not too far away from the Amish country in Pennsylvania, you know, there's Amish, there's Amish communities throughout the United States and there may be even some up in Canada. I honestly don't know that. But not too far from Amish country is that you will, uh, when you drive through there, and it's a couple hours away from the farm here, that they still do, for the most part, use um, animal power that they that they work their land they work their ground with with teams of horses and mules and what have you so it's uh it's very very difficult uh to imagine how to do that and it is uh something that but it is a real eye-opener to see the contrast we have on one side of the road a guy's going with a brand new fent tractor and right at the 16 feet across right two lanes eight feet wide the other side of the road the guy's going with a uh with a i don't want to say horse and buggy but with a team of horses pulling a cultivator so it is that contrast but lots of times in life that stock that stark contrast is really what we need to bring to bring things in perspective and also to open our eyes to different to different technologies even though i hate that word different ways of doing things and um and it gives you the chance to see that so uh you could see that the the old way and the new way and then realistically probably somewhere in between is the right way but we will not go there all right so uh got a quick little story here for you before we go to a commercial break had a problem with my washing machine or we had a problem with our washing machine wasn't putting any water in and it's still under warranty and we oh, well it's five years old what's going to be five years old it's a maytag and has a five-year factory warranty which is almost unheard of today except for a speed queen which i think they got seven years the good speed queen but anyway this is not this is not for this is not washing machine digest radio but the take-home message here is we called the service guy he came very nice they came the next day beautiful no problems whatsoever and he says oh it's probably the solenoid for the water valve and there's four solenoids in a cluster they all group together modular so one is hot water one is cold water one is i guess uh, bleach and the other one maybe lot of fabric softener i think i don't know so anyway there's four solenoids there and uh i said to him well i did a quasi test 
because I put hot water on him to see if it come in still doesn't it doesn't even try to put any water in. So so what he does is he goes out to the truck and this is no disrespect, but it's gonna it's gonna get to what our show is about today. I had to fix washrooms. No, it's not. Uh go <clears throat> goes out to the truck <clears throat> and he comes back with this new um water valve solenoids, whatever they call it, right? Solenoid, I'm calling it solenoid cluster, and he puts it in. But I'm staying there watching him, nice guy, and a good mechanic as far as his procedure was concerned, all right? And this is what I was talking about a couple of weeks ago. It doesn't, you can't just be a me- mechanically inclined today. And he uh, puts it in and uh, doesn't check anything, doesn't check voltage to the solenoid, doesn't check the res- And the easiest way to check a solenoid is to check resistance, resistance and then voltage to it. But all right, so fine. And he puts it. He puts the new the new cluster of solenoids, four solenoids, and the machine works fine, works beautifully. So uh, I said, "Do you need the old one back for warranties?" No, no, no. We just have to take a picture of it, and uh, and you could you could have it. So I want to take it apart. Well, the way it was put together, I really couldn't take it apart. But I took it in the garage on my workbench and got out my trusty multimeter. And I went and I checked, because he said, oh, you have really hard water. It's really not hard water. We have iron in our water. And he says, that probably clogged up the solenoid. Well, uh, that was not correct. So I checked the resistance on the solenoid. And each solenoid, three of them had between 1,005 and 1,012 ohms, which is perfect. Well, I'm saying perfect because it's not much of a variation when you're talking over a thousand ohms. And the cold water solenoid was burnt, was open, infinite resistance. So the thing is that you have to check things and you have to, and whether you're working on a farm tractor or working on a washing machine, all right, or a lawnmower or a boiler or, or a robot, milking robot, the fundamentals. And that's what I was talking about the other day in the show, the fundamentals. You need to have those fundamentals. So listen, I went long already for before the first break, but I'm going to have a little bit of a surprise for you. So sit back for the next few minutes and you will and you'll see what's coming. This is a joke radio presents what a joke with Popper and fortune it's the stop where all our comedian friends know that they can go spend some time talk about comedy what a joke is the name of the show mm-hmm. what a joke That's with Popper and fortune you like the name i like the name yeah if you love stand-up comedy this is the place for you my friend what a joke with Popper and fortune how great is this show netflix is a joke radio sirius xm channel 93 you know what i think i'm gonna listen to or listen anytime on the sxm app <laughs> i know exactly Stay informed with the latest news of agriculture with American Ag Today every weekday morning on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, and I want to invite you to join the conversation as we talk the latest news, market information, ag technology, innovation, weather, and more on American Ag Today. That's every weekday at 6.52 Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Hello, I'm Ethan Wayne. John Wayne and American Experience is in its second year in the Fort Worth Stockyards and visitors are loving it. Come spend a couple hours and immerse yourself in Western nostalgia. Get a unique look into Duke's life that's only available here. All right, mister. You asked for it. Tickets available on johnwayne.com or they may be purchased at the Cowboy Channel Bar across the street on Exchange Avenue. Reserve your tickets now. 
Real Ag Radio is Canada's only daily radio show focused on agriculture. Get expert advice on Agronomic Monday. Tuesdays and Wednesdays will cover a broad range of issues. Thursday, we'll hear from farmers across the country on the Farmer Rabbit Fire. And we'll wrap things up Fridays with the Real Ag Issues panel with Kelvin Hepner and Lindsay Smith. Join us Monday through Friday at 4.30 Eastern. And don't forget about the replay at 7 in the morning on Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. All righty, welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer. I'm just going to put another, a little uh, a little bit more on that story and, and why I'm sharing it with you is that if you understand, and then we'll just make it clear, how a solenoid works, how a relay works, how an alternator works, how a hydraulic system works, it does not know what it's on. That washing machine solenoid that went open, and I'm not going to say burned open because it had a bad solder joint in it. That solenoid that went open does not know if it's on a on a, a grain bin, whether it's on a center pivot, whether it's on a combine, what it's on. And what I was faulting the person with is that his mechanical procedure was excellent, all right, uh, but he did no diagnosis. So now this was under warranty. All right, so now if it was not on, let's say it was on the warranty and that was not the problem. Let's say there was no power coming to the solenoids. All right, the thing is that Maytag would have gotten hit for a solenoid pack, God knows how much that is, and then whatever else. Let's say it needed a board or whatever, a computer board, because it's all computerized today, right? So the thing basically is that, so they would have got a hit with a repair and I didn't need a solenoid. I needed something else. But in this particular instance, he was his, his guess but it's so easy to check most things. And in that particular instance, it was very easy to check that. Now, respectfully so, does he know how to check a solenoid? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't know how to check the resistance on a solenoid. And that's what this show is about. So, And that's what today is going to be about. Because I told you there's going to be some surprises. We're going to go to Maytag washing machine school. No, we're not. All right. The thing basically is... But, but I cannot stress that enough to you as my audience because I care is that if you have foundational knowledge so you you need to have seed to soil contact whether you're planting soybeans whether you're planting corn whether you're putting grass seed on a lawn whether no matter what you're doing right that's foundational and if you have the foundation and apply the foundation yes did I know that that solenoid was for that one port was for 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 laundry detergent the other one was for bleach no but that was not the problem at that particular point Uh, that I did not need to know that all right he told me and I could see and i could see that so but the foundational things and on what we're going to do today on the show is i'm going to do something i've never done before on the show all right and so uh so you probably say what's what's he gonna do what's he gonna do what's he gonna do right i'm not that you're so excited but i'm gonna give you a test you got a test hey give me a test hot rod god we're all over north america and you're over there in new jersey right well i'm going to give you a test over the airwaves of rural radio sirius xm and on my website i have these tests that i call toolbox tests and they are designed to be real life it's not just okay what does an egr valve do and this chair is creaking i gotta get a new no matter what chair i buy it creaks but anyway 
I'm saying is that what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a test. And you're going to say, oh, everybody's out of our... Well, first of all, I'm not going to know whether you get the answers right or not. All right? And that is irrelevant because the purpose of a test, and I touched on this briefly before, the purpose on a test of a test is for you to learn what to understand for you to see is probably a more succinct way of me saying for you to see what you know or don't know so that's and that's all it is so if you say well i know how to do this or i know how this works if you get it wrong that means you do not know doesn't make you bad that doesn't make you anything that say well i gotta learn how this works or i have to learn how seed to soil contact works keep i keep going back that rudimentary thing because I, I have to learn how it works if I want to be a better farmer. If you don't test yourself, all right, then you will never learn. And that's basically, I put my, that's so all I wanted to take this washing machine valve and figure it out, try to take it apart, check the resistance or whatever. So I said to my wife when I came back in the house, I said to her, hey, honey, the, the man fixed the machine, but he was wrong, all right? It wasn't the iron and our water messed it up. The solenoid failed and went open. If she was open, she, just, she thought the window was open or something. But anyway, so that's what we're going to do. So what I'm going to do is I have one of my toolbox tests here. And if you like these, you could go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, click on the icon toolbox, toolbox test, and there's 22 or 23 five-question tests they're multiple choice you you click and you send it in i don't know who gets the answer i don't i don't know what you got right or wrong i told you that last week all right so so i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a test right now and it's gonna be very simple i'm gonna read it to you and we're gonna go from there and it is meant to be a true learning experience and if i stop babbling i'll be able to get i think i printed out three questions here but i want you to think because one of the you know, they don't teach this in school. I don't mean about engines. Or they don't teach that anywhere. But but the thing is that you have to have the right mindset. You have to, no matter what you do in life, if you're going to learn to be a better dairy farmer, you're going to learn to be a better accountant, you're going to learn to be a better doctor, a better farmer, a better truck driver, right? you have to learn how to learn. And that may sound rudimentary. It is not rudimentary. All right, you have to have a mind that is being that is inquisitive. You have to have a mind that that asks questions. Even if you ask, and the way you learn the best is to ask questions to yourself. Say, I don't understand that, right? Just like I didn't understand how the solenoid could stop working from the iron in the water. I didn't understand that. I had to figure it out. All right. So the thing basically is, is that, and you know, as an aside to that. Uh, uh, you know today in this youtube world and everything and like is that they, oh this guy's an influencer an influencer an influencer right and somebody said to me oh, you're an influencer and and uh i was saddened by that honestly i'm not an influencer i'm not going to influence anything i am an educator because if you want to if you want to consider me that i've influenced influenced your business and made you more profitable through education but i am not an influencer because an influence an influencer is like a used car salesman right trying to convince you to do something so i am not going to do that so i am not an influencer so i want to influence you through education I don't want to be an influencer. I don't want to be a used car salesman, all right? So, all right, without any further ado, we're going to go into this. 
So I, I created, and I'm not I'm being humble, I created these tests so they're real life experiences, all right? So they could be very practical. So I will read them to you and I will read them, I will read the four potential answers. Okay, your liquid cooled UTV started to run hot according to the gauge. You checked the water pump drive belt, radiator, and coolant level, and all seems fine. You decide to change the thermostat in the hope that it is the problem. The parts man at the dealership hands you the proper thermostat, and you notice it is stamped on at 180. You ask the counterman what that means, and he tells you it is the temperature rating. You install the new thermostat, and all is now fine. The next day at the coffee shop, you ask your farmer friends what the 180 stamped on the thermostat means. Which farmer is correct? Alrighty, farmer A says it is a manufacturing code or a part number and it means nothing to the end user. Farmer B claims it is the liquid temperature in Fahrenheit degrees that the thermostat is fully open. Farmer C tells you that it is the crack open temperature in Fahrenheit degrees that the thermostat begins to open. And Farmer D says that it is the size of the thermostat in millimeters. Excuse me. So, what is the proper answer? So, when you buy a thermostat, I don't care. I, this just happens to be for UTV. It could be for an old John Deere. It could be for a pickup truck. It could be for your semi. It could be combined, whatever. There is always a, a, a number stamped on it, a rating. What does that mean? So, is it a manufacturing code? I'll repeat it. Is it the temperature that the thermostat is fully open? Is it the temperature that cracks open? Or is it the size in millimeters? Well, you have your answer, because you should know this, right? And it is, Farmer C is correct. It is the crack open temperature in Fahrenheit degrees that the thermostat begins to open, starts to flow water, or I would say coolant. All right, let's stop now, and I'll, I'll see how many tests, how many questions I can get through. The purpose of a thermostat on any engine is to keep the coolant in the radiator while the engine warms up and there's usually a bypass hose or a bypass circuit or a bypass passage someplace in the engine that allows coolant to flow because the water pump is still turning and so it doesn't cavitate flow through the engine and the purpose of the thermostat is to aid to to hasten the warm-up wants the engine to warm up quicker to maintain its temperature and if it has a heater to maintain good heat output and not have the and not have the heat output swing hot to cold so the number on the thermostat and i don't care whether it's a metric number in centigrade or in fahrenheit is what is con- called the crack open temperature of the thermostat so now what crack open means is the thermostat just starts to open up a little a lot of people think it is the temperature the thermostat is fully open wrong a lot of people think it's the temperature that the engine should run out that is wrong so it's the crack open so when the thermostat just starts to allow some coolant to flow from the engine into the radiator because the radiator is a heat exchanger it is that is the rating of the thermostat that is the temperature rating now you may say to yourself well okay that's crack open when is it fully open well 
by design, most thermostats, and the word today is most, if you turn back 30, 40 years ago, all right, it would, they were designed to take between 10 and 20 degrees more liquid temperature for them to be, for the thermostat to be fully open and have full flow into the radiator of whatever it may be. So now, that is a design criteria. You may have John Deere may say, we want it to open up in 12 degrees from the crack open to the fully open. Ford may say, we want 18 degrees, all right? And that is why I am such a big proponent of buying factory parts. So if you have a thermostat, the thermostat is generic. It doesn't know what it's going in. I mean, if the, if the dimensions are correct, and you have a, let's say, a John Deere tractor with a heater in it, right? A cab with a heater. And the thermostat goes bad, and you go to town, say, I'm not going to go to a John Deere dealer. What the heck with this? I'm going to go to the auto parts store. Looks the same thermostats in my F1, old F-150 pickup truck. And dimensionally, it's the same. But you buy, let's say, a, a Stant or a Robert Shaw thermostat. Nothing wrong. Good brands. But what they're going to do is they they maybe maybe John Deere wanted that thermostat to go from crack open to fully open in twelve degrees, and Stan says we make all our ter- thermostats so they open up fully in twenty five degrees. It's not going to be fifty degrees. It's not going to be a hundred degrees. And then what you will end up happening is you will see that it will take it, that the temperature on the temperature gauge will start to it'll start to warm up, the right get and then it'll get hotter before it opens and you'll maybe see the engine temperature spike a little bit and the heater performance drop off so and you may see nothing whatsoever so keep that in mind that it is the crack open temperature and most thermostats take between 10 and 20 degrees to go from cracked open to fully open now let's say you buy a chinese thermostat and the spring calibration is almost up it may take 40 degrees for it to open up and then that engine temperature is going to spike and go, oh my god it can't be the thermostat because i just put a new chinese thermostat in this thing and the thing is getting getting even hotter oh i must need a radiator I must need a water pump so you have to recognize what that is it is the crack open temperature all right, so now the next thing, uh, question before we go to a break, this show goes by so fast, is that you were able to catch a high in the market and sold all of last year's crop at a strong price. You will take some of that profit and buy a new pickup truck that the farm needs. You are thinking about getting a diesel-powered one due to the fuel economy over gas. You do not know why diesel engines use less fuel. So you bring it up the next morning at the cafe, right? The coffee shop. Oh, my God. Which farmer is correct? Farmer A is well convinced that because of the turbocharger, the fuel economy of a diesel engine is better than a gas engine. Farmer B tells you that he is not correct. Farmer A is wrong. He's saying... He says that the diesel fuel has more BTU of energy than gasoline and the higher compression ratio is the reason. Farmer C claims that diesel fuel evaporates slower and does not lose power to the air. And Farmer D tells you it is because of a better transmission in a diesel pickup truck. So just sit back, Pat, and think about that and think about why does a diesel engine get better fuel economy for the work it does than a gasoline engine.
Join us every Saturday on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147 at 10 a.m. Eastern Time for Ag Talk, Your Story Matters. This is America's platform for women in agriculture to share their thoughts, ideas, and stories. We feature our Ag Women Connects members, guest speakers, and current topics across the nation that affect our agriculture industry. And we invite you to be a part of our conversation every week. Rural is the roots of our nation. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. Western sports, country music, comedians. It's an attitude. The rural lifestyle and the ag industry. It's not just farming. We've got everything from hunting, fishing, and conservation. Horses and horse training. Of news, weather, and the commodity markets. Sirius XM, it doesn't matter where you are in North America, it's always there. They'll have it in their trucks, in their combines, in their tractors. To hear Sirius XM's Rural Radio, activate your radio now. Call 844-711-8800 or head to SiriusXM.com slash go to sign up quickly. A ProBox has enough seed to plant 125 acres of corn. Now, if you wanted to put 40 pounds of nitrogen on those acres, you'd need 1,200 gallons of anhydrous or 1,700 gallons of UAN or 5 tons of urea. But what if that amount of nitrogen was already on your seed? Pivot Bio is now putting nitrogen on seed. The first company to ever apply nitrogen on seed. The nitrogen you need now on seed from Pivot Bio. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Landowners, are you looking to maximize the potential of your land? Farmers National Company are the trusted experts. With over 90 years of experience, Farmers National Company is the industry leader in farm and ranch management services and the complexities of land ownership, leasing, and sales. Visit our website at FarmersNational.com or call us at 1-800-555-FARM to speak with one of our experts. Farmers National Company, your partner in maximizing your assets potential. Trust the experts. Trust Farmers National Company. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. Okay, we only got a couple of minutes left, but Farmer B is correct. Is that he says that diesel fuel has more energy content than gasoline, and the higher compression ratio of a diesel engine is what makes it more fuel efficient. All right, gasoline has around 117,000 to 121,000 BTU, British thermal units of energy per gallon, whereas diesel fuel has around 132,000 to around 137 to 138,000 BTUs of energy. So that is called an engineering that the fuel is more energy dense. And then because a diesel engine is compression ignition, it needs to squeeze the air molecules and make them preheat them through squeezing through the friction of them rubbing together and get that air in that cylinder to around 350 degrees Fahrenheit for the fuel to auto ignite. It has a higher compression ratio. And whenever you add compression ratio to any engine, gasoline or diesel, you increase what is called its thermal efficiency, the rate of energy to mechanical to energy, or excuse me, chemical to energy exchange, all right? Conversion. So when you put it all together, a diesel engine is more fuel efficient because the fuel has more energy in it, and then also because of the compression ratio. And that, and so you put those together. And if you look at modern gasoline engines, they they have much higher compression ratios because they want to add thermal efficiency to get fuel economy 
in that engine so that is what it is all about so next time and then you go to the pump and you're buying diesel fuel putting diesel fuel in your tractor your combine your sprayer it is more energy dense than gasoline and that compression ignition that that higher compression ratio is what is going to drive thermal efficiency and make it more fuel efficient so that is what it's all about so i want to thank you so much for tuning in and know that the hot rod farmers pulling for you the american farmer and rancher you have a blessed day god bless from kansas to ohio that's where you'll find pivot bio from the mississippi delta and the chesapeake nebraska and the hills of tennessee proving on thousands of fields across this great land Till the sun goes down, Pivot Bio's got a plan. Greener plants in a healthy land use our predictable nitrogen. Wherever farmers grow, yeah, that's where we go. So, get ready, get set. It is just about rodeo time here in Ellensburg. It's the must-watch event this Labor Day weekend. Part of 100 Rodeos in 100 Days presented by Ariat. This is where you can watch the best of the best dueling in the dirt in four days of action-packed performances. The Ellensburg Rodeo this Labor Day weekend on the Cowboy Channel and streaming on demand with your subscription to Cowboy Channel Plus. In the field, on the farm, or in the saddle, we're right there with you in your pocket, on your phone, and everywhere you go. RFD TV Now. Current ag reports, geo-targeted weather, live streaming 24-7, and our full collection of shows you love at the tip of your finger. At less than $10 a month, it's the cheapest tool on the farm. Download the app today and start watching RFD TV now. This is Jimmy Stir. Let's get together every Saturday night. It's for the Saturday Night Polka Party right here on Rural Radio. Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. They repeat that same show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. So join me and all of your friends for the Saturday Night Polka Party on Rural Radio Channel 147. Hey guys, Paul Bogart here from Nashville, Tennessee, and I listen to Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. <laughs> 